Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sal Capaccio takes you behind the scenes on Buffalo Bills Game Day with Sal's All Access. Watch it live on WGR's Facebook page. Sal's All Access presented by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. Officially at the halfway mark here on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome back. Nate Geary, Corey Griswold hanging out with you. 12.30, halfway. That means on the Western Hotline, joining me now, Antoine Staley. Been on the show plenty of times before. He covers the New York Jets for the New York Daily News, and he joins me to help me preview Bill's Jets 1 p.m. kickoff here on WGR. Antoine, thanks so much for joining me, my friend. How are things? I'm all right. How you doing? I got no complaints. Uh, It's beautiful weather here in Buffalo, New York right now. Almost 70 degrees, a uh, little bit windy for my liking, but uh, overall, it's hard to complain here when uh, when the weather's this great in the spring. Or in the spring. It feels like spring. Yeah, it's in the I, fall. I <laughs> yeah, for real. It's a nice day here, too. So tell me this, Antoine. Uh, I know you wrote about it last week, um, talking about kind of the halfway through the season mark and, you know, looking at the Jets quarterback situation without maybe given away too much I, I feel like this is the hot topic for Jets fans right now it's Zach Wilson it's his lack of success and overall the the beginning of like a worry or a belief that it's maybe sooner rather than later that the Jets make the move to either Joe Flacco or Mike White which we'll get into that conundrum in a little bit but talk to me first about what you've seen from Zach and maybe what's not working well I, I think uh just kind of some of the decision making and just uh, the fact that I think he gets impatient at times. And, you know, I think he even said it after the game uh, last weekend. He said it before that he doesn't necessarily like throwing the ball away. He feels like he's a bit of a failure, but sometimes the boring play is the right play at times. And I think they are stressing, they're trying to stress that to him. I think he's just like, what was he, BYU, where he could just throw the ball up in the coverage and, you know, be able to throw the ball down the field. But in the NFL, it doesn't necessarily work like that. You have to just be able to take what the defense gives you at times and also be able to see the field. And I think that's something that he's not necessarily doing. And I know he went through a streak where he can turn the ball for three straight weeks there. But, you know, the Patriots took away the running game last week. And I imagine the Bills will probably try to do the same thing on Sunday as well. And he just made a ton of mistakes. And uh, that was the difference in the game. So how do Joe Joe Douglas and Robert Sala balance the desire to develop their, you know, top five pick at quarterback with understanding that they have they're five and three? And I said it this week, maybe the worst possible thing to happen to the Jets 
was having Joe Flacco come out and look competent early in the season, spread the ball out, get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and you know Tyler Conklin maybe. You know, and like obviously the injury to Brees Hall hurts this, but how do you balance feeling like you're five and three with maybe an opportunity to backdoor your way into a wild card spot with we've got to try to develop the quarterback while we win. It, it feels like a really difficult balance to strike. Yeah, I, well, I say I, I don't think Joe Flacco looked good either. Like, so it was kind of like they were just throwing the ball a lot more than what they are doing under Zach Wilson. I feel like they had the running the running game wasn't you know, like as polished as I think what what it was when Zach got there and they started to realize what their identity was with Brees Hall. But yeah, I think they're in a situation where I think they could win. I think they're a playoff quality team. At least the defense is anyway. Like I think their defense is top ten. Uh, you look at statistically and points per game and also points allowed there. So their defense is giving them a chance to win each and every game. And I imagine, you know, even on Sunday, I think at least for a little bit, their defense is going to give them an opportunity to stay in the game with the Bills. It's just the fact that their offense, and in particular the passing game, has been one of the worst in the NFL. And, you know, Zach Wilson statistically is also uh, one of the bottom quarterbacks in the league too as well. So, it's you know, it's a hard balance. But I think you also need to see what you have in Zach Wilson at least the rest of the season in order to determine if he is possibly the guy for the future. It's got to be tough though, because when you look at the locker room, you know you. This is a unique team in the New York Jets. They have a nice, steady balance of really young, um, interesting players. I mean, obviously the draft class is as deep as we've ever seen, but I think they've also got a steady, solid balance of veteran players as well, right? Like C.J. Mosley and and some of these pieces on the defensive line. Like, it's got to be tough when you're a defense playing as well as the Jets are. And then you look over at the running at the at the quarterback and the offensive side of the ball and see them kind of throw games away that you feel like defensively you've done enough to win. It's it's almost it almost feels a lot like the Carson Wentz syndrome, right? Where you know you've got a defense that keeps you in football games. You have a quarterback that kind of pisses it away. Like how because the the in the same vein as talking about the balance balance of wanting to win and make the playoffs, but also want to develop your quarterback. How do you maybe? Do you have to lean on your veterans in this instance, like the C.J. Mosley's of the world, to just say, like, hey, like, we need this guy to be good. If he's good, then we're all better off for it. But, like, at the same time, C.J. Mosley hasn't made the playoffs in quite some time. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think the veterans understand that, look, you know, if you got a young quarterback, you're going to have, like, you know, ebbs and flows throughout the course of the season and also, you know, during games as well, um, as you saw last week against the Patriots. So I think the veterans also know just do do your job, worry about what you can control, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, you get a more support from the offense that you're able to, you know, be competitive. And I, at least they've done that. I think the, a lot of a lot of the Jets have been better than I think a lot of people have thought so far this season, and you know that's all you can worry about. And then, like I say the defense was one of the worst in football last year, the Jets, and now that's statistically a top ten defense. So at least that, that side of the ball is keeping them in games, and I think that's kind of what the veterans are worried about. So I look at this matchup this week, and and listen. I, the veterans defensively may not have been outspoken or may not have yet been outspoken about their displeasure with what the offense has been able to put together. But, man, Elijah Moore 
has not really held back punches. He's been very public about his displeasure, about not getting the football, not being featured in the offense. And it's hard for me because I look at, at Mike LaFleur and I, I don't think it's a scheme problem as much as, you know, it's a quarterback problem right now. But I, I thought Elijah Moore has walked that that fine line of being critical, but not being critical of any one player, but just being critical of the team itself and the organization thing. Like, I need the ball. You invested a second round pick in me. Give me opportunities. Give me the ball. And I, I'm wondering from your perspective, like, They've gotten creative with Braxton Berrios. They found ways to manufacture touches for him, and they're starting to find ways to manufacture touches for Garrett Wilson. Like, what's stopping them from doing the same with Elijah Moore? Well, I think eventually it would have been that, but he, you know, he was so outspoken, especially after they beat the Packers. And once they beat the Packers and they went to five and two, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, that's not. It's probably not the right time to, to, you know, to be outspoken about not getting touches. Like, I get he's frustrated and. Obviously, I think the time that Zach Wilson missed for seven weeks, I think that really hurt the chemistry of theirs, too, as well. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you're finding ways to win. It may not be pretty, but you know, I think I think the problem, the biggest problem I had with the whole thing is just the timing of it. Like, just doing it right after the game, and also pub- so publicly about it on, on social media. And then, you know, him having the outburst with Mike LaFleur, and then obviously him being, you know, not traveling to the Denver with them with, to play the Broncos. So, yeah, I think they, they're they trying to find ways to get him involved. And, you know, last week they definitely did not. Like, I don't know if it's more or less like a still punishment there sure. more so or they're trying to find ways to get Denzel Mills the ball. But I imagine especially with Corey Davis still out this week, they'll try to find, you know, ways to get him the ball. But I, I think he's – better used as a slot receiver. I think that's what you saw when he was at Ole Miss, and I think the Jets will be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't use him more in that area, especially considering his size. Antoine Staley here from the New York Daily News joining us on the Western Hotline talking Bills and Jets. And, man, just trials and tribulations on that offensive line, Antoine, like a team that Elijah Vera Tucker was – I don't know, approaching like elite level status because of his his ability to be so versatile, play tackle, play guard. I mean, that's so hard to do in the NFL. He made it look so easy. The injury to him, so unfortunate. They obviously lose Makai Becting in training camp. Where are you with this offensive line? Who's stepping up? And uh, what can uh, what can Bills fans expect, I think, against the Bills defensive line that's playing about just as good as anybody in football right now? Yeah, it's tough because yeah, they, lost, they also lost George Fant too as well, so... You know, he's suspected that he might be back after the bye week. They also lost uh, Matt Mitchell there. So if they end up getting both of those guys back after the bye week, that would be beneficial. But, yeah, they've definitely uh, gone through the ringer too as well. And uh, and obviously Dwayne Brown was out for a little bit too as well. So, yeah, it's been a musical chairs there, you know, at both tackle positions too as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't been pretty. It definitely did not look well against the Patriots last week. They had Zach Wilson at times like – you know, dealing with pressure, and as as everybody knows, he does not deal with pressure very well, and that's when you know he's more susceptible with uh, interceptions too, as well. So I definitely think you know they've been trying to run football, hoping that they'll take some pressure off of them, but it, it definitely didn't happen last week because you know you do get a James Robinson there, but he really didn't know a lot of the plays that was being called, so you really couldn't really use him a whole lot. I think this week, though, he'll start to get a little bit more of the game plan down, too, as well. I expect him to use Michael Carter, too, as well. So they'll have Zach Wilson, one, you know, feeling like fluster in the pocket, and two, uh, able to, you know, turn the ball over the amount of times that he did, which was three last week. Let's kind of drill in on Michael Fleur here for a second. Do you, like, yeah. when, when you're talking about the success for for Zach Wilson, do you believe that there are enough 
for lack of a better word, layups built into this offense that just gets him going. Like I, I thought about this early in Josh Allen's career. Like it always felt like the coaching staff, particular Brian Dable, was always sort of giving Josh so much on his plate. And the and the the thing that made him so great and has made him so great is he was winning in the areas of the field that are so hard to win in the very difficult spots in the field. And there wasn't a lot of layups built in within Brian Dable's offense. I think that's why you're seeing the ascension and maybe even the next step of Josh Allen's game this year under Ken Dorsey, because I think Ken Dorsey has done a good job building in easier shots, right? Like, you know, dump offs to the running back and just easy completions, screen passes, stuff that can build the confidence of a young quarterback early in a game because I'll tell you, Josh had the same problem too, Antoine, which was you start a game one of six and man, all of a sudden now you're pressing for a completion and now you're pressing and now you're not making the right decisions and now you're you're throwing balls, you know, you're, you're there's just a lot that can happen when a, a quarterback who already lacks confidence as it is starts a game one and six, one for seven. And I, I'm wondering if your take on this is, is there enough layups, easy things to get him going, especially early in these football games built into this Michael Fleur offense? I don't think so. I think you want, you know, I, I think you, like you said, you definitely want throwing passes to the running back and also maybe some slants too as well. I just feel like they just, they just don't have, I don't know what, what the deal is. And then, you know, Zach getting really flustered and he wants to make the play and, you know, he wants to make those completions and he doesn't want to necessarily throw the ball away and then he'll, like run out of the pocket when he doesn't necessarily need to. And, you know, just playing like a bit of hero ball when, you know, you're up in games and you don't need to necessarily do that. So I think the best way, yeah, it's the call. Just get some rhythm going too. And I, like, I don't feel like they really do that. I don't feel like they use their running backs enough, you know, in the passing game like you should, because you got Michael Carter who can, you know, catch the ball at the backfield. You had Brees Hall. Uh, James Robinson can definitely do that too. You have tight ends that, you know, that can be accessible like that. And also, you know, we talked about Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios. Yeah, I definitely think they could be used in more gadget plays. I know uh, Mike LaFore has done that from time to time, but, you know, just getting, like you said, just getting confidence there. And, and Zach doesn't necessarily, I mean, he can move, but he doesn't, he isn't as mobile. He doesn't use his legs as much as Zach, well, I mean, uh, Josh Allen does, which I think they, they could, they could use more um, his running style too as well. I know they're scared for because right. of the injury that happened during the preseason, but that's a good way to get him confidence and also get the, the offense going too as well. So, Antoine, we should probably spend some time on the other side of the ball. It's just, you know, it's in vogue to talk about quarterback in the NFL. It's in vogue to talk about offense. That's just the way she goes. But this defense, as you've I mentioned a couple of times already today, a like top 10 unit defensively. Sauce Gardner is, you know, probably a, a shoe-in right now to be defensive rookie of the year. Probably going to see some defensive player of the year votes as well. I had Matt Lombardo on from Heavy Sports, and he mentioned, you know, he, he's got guys around the league saying that they would not be surprised if Gardner sees some just full-on defensive player of the year votes this year when it's all said and done. But talk to me first about what's happening up front of me. Quinton Williams, AFC Defensive Player of the Month, um, really having the, the the come to life season. And I'll tell you what, that draft class of Quinton Williams and Ed Oliver, man, both guys are taking the steps. I think a lot of people envisioned them both being a couple of years ago, and I think now going into year four, both of them look like they're establishing themselves as top tier interior defensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Quinn Williams is probably playing as bad as best as any defensive lineman, defensive tackle in football. I mean, even Aaron Donald included a lot of people are putting him in that conversation too. It's not you know, not just, you know, sacking the quarterback but also just stopping the run too as well. And he's really set the tone for the entire defensive line. You also have, you know, Carl Lawson who I think has definitely done, you know, a tremendous job as well. 
Uh, you know, Bryce Huff is somebody that I think the Jets are still trying to get going to, and they they'll get Jermaine Johnson back too uh, on Sunday. So that that'll be a big plus. Somebody they drafted in the uh, low round, the low first rounds this year. So and that defensive line is definitely, um, I think, it's the strength of this team. They're so deep, and you know they've been able to rotate a lot of different guys too, and keep guys fresh, and that also helps them later on in the game. But yeah, it all starts with Quentin Williams, and ever since they blew up, he had on the sideline with the defensive line coach of the Jets. I definitely think he's been a much different player. Antoine, last thing I got for you, uh, I'm going to go to the Dirty South and get your thoughts on this Bradley Chubb move for the Miami Dolphins. They then extend him $64 million guaranteed. Um, The Vegas lines haven't moved at all. I mean, they're still plus 3,000, the same they were the week prior and the week before that um, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, What do you think this does for the Dolphins and and maybe for the division at large? Because I think right now it's a... It still is a three-team race for second place, and for that, I think I think a wild card spot. I do not think the AFC East is going to get two wild card teams. I think maybe one is a safe bet. Yes. If you if I fast forward this seven eight weeks down from right now, who do you like in second place in this division? And and is Bradley Chubb the reason you might go with the Miami Dolphins? Uh, I, I, I am going to go with the Dolphins, but I don't think it's necessarily Chubb. Uh, but he does improve their pass for us, something that they desperately needed. Uh, they got Jalen Phillips there, but, you know, you need somebody else on the opposite side that can obviously rush the passer. And especially when you're playing some of the quarterbacks that you're going to be playing later on in the season, and definitely Chubb does that. But, yeah, I, I like the Dolphins because assuming health, with Tua, which is always a big thing. If he can stay healthy, he definitely gives them a dynamic dynamic that they don't have. And we saw they were just definitely not the same team without him, whether it be Scholar Thompson or also Teddy Bridgewater there. But, yeah, I mean, having, you know, Jalen Waddle along with Tyreek Hill just changes everything for that offense. So, yeah, for me, I think they're the second-best team in the division. And, you know, I would not be surprised if they win 11 games there. Obviously, the Bills are, you know, the team to beat not only in uh, the division, but also, I think, in the AFC in general. And, you know, so so long as the Bills continue to win, everything's going to go through Buffalo. Antoine, I appreciate you, my friend. Tell the folks where they can find your work uh, and um, you know maybe uh, where uh, what you got going on over the next week or so here, too, with some content coming down the line. Uh, well, next week is the bye week, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> Taking some time off. But uh, you can find my work at uh, the New York Daily News and also at Antoine Staley as well. And, you know, definitely we'll have covers of this game and then some, you know, halfway point game stuff too as well just kind of assessing what the Jets are so just follow my work there Antoine I appreciate you bro uh, good to talk to you as always enjoy your weekend and uh, enjoy the bye week next week and uh, we'll talk in a couple weeks when the uh, when the Bills and Jets uh, are back here in Buffalo I'll make sure we uh, we get together for some wings because I know you are a wing connoisseur <laughs> for sure yeah we'll definitely do that man alright my friend take it easy appreciate you Antoine Staley there of the New York Daily Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.